Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Thank you for joining me for my seventh podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today about what I think is the most important topic after a divorce, and that is our children. After divorce, most of our effort and our focus goes on our children, our worry, our hopes, our fears. They're all centered around them. And I've come up with five things that I feel can truly, truly benefit you to help your child through this difficult time. And it can help them so it is not so difficult. That's the goal, right? So there's five things, and I'm just going to start right in. The first one is routine. And I put it first because I feel that it is the most important. This is backed by science. We know from the time a baby is born that routine is crucial. As we maintain a routine for our child that is habitual, that's predictable, This makes the child feel safe. It makes the child feel secure. And when there's a time of separation or loss, you know, especially um, after a divorce, the routine makes it so that secure feeling can come back to them. It's so crucial. You know, there's an anxiety epidemic in our kids these days, and a solid routine really aids to calm their anxiety because when you have an anxiety-filled child, decisions are difficult. Decisions are big. And so when we have routine, a lot of times the routine can cut down on those decisions. So the decisions are already made for them, like when bedtime is, when dinner time is, when homework time is. Do you see what I'm saying here? So it really helps. And I'm not not saying that your child has anxiety, but maybe during this time, there's more of an anxiety present. Maybe they don't feel secure. Maybe they feel a little worried. So routine really helps to calm those type of situations in decision making. It also helps them develop a natural accountability If you incorporate things like, okay, only TV after homework's done, or only dessert after vegetables are eaten. So this also makes for less outbursts and questions from the kids to the parents. And trust me, the parents need less of this, don't we? Especially uh, the single parents out there, we need less whining, less questions. So if they know when their bedtime is, you will have less whining, I I promise you, as you incorporate it. Now, it'd be absolutely great if you could communicate with the other parent what your routine is to see if they could possibly match some of the same things at their house as well. But if you can't, don't sweat it. You make your time with them set and secure at your home. You can't always worry about what the other house is doing, what your ex is doing. You can only worry about what you do. Okay, so number one is routine. Number two, I call it pursue, pursue, pursue. In a nutshell, never give up on your child. If you sense there's a problem, you get to the bottom, bottom of it by being their constant and caring 
companion. I've seen a situation where the daughter did not want to spend the weekends with the father, and so the father started to allow her to not come. Then he wondered why their relationship was suffering. So you cannot ever give up. This is just your child we're talking about. So make sure that you keep custody arrangements as they are set, okay? Let's not allow our children to dictate when and where they're going to go with whom. Um, and if I was that dad, I would try really hard to find an interest that that daughter has and to go with it. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be Disneyland dad, but maybe at first, right? <laughs> but get them comfortable with the new situation by being there, pursuing. Okay, back to the number two point, being overly present and available to them. Now, if your child is having a super hard time, if they're acting out, if they're withdrawing, get professional help for them and for you. What I just wanted to say is my point in pursuing is that you just don't give up. You follow them around if you have to. You don't give up ever. If my child was withdrawing, you know, spending a lot of time in their room, for example, I'd remove the door to their room. I'd get a nice comfortable chair for myself and I'd spend as much time in there as humanly possible. Then they would know that I care. They would have to snap out of it eventually. Okay, so number two, pursue, pursue, pursue. Any resources you have, you exhaust them on your child because you care that much. Okay, number three, be interested in your child's interests. Kids open up when they talk about what they love. Imagine the possibilities if you would love it too. Now, I have a funny story my client just told me about her daughter's love for Japanese anime. She started noticing how much she loved anime. Now, does she want to go and spend hours watching Japanese anime? She told me she'd rather, like, pull her own teeth out. She doesn't even think anime's great. She doesn't even think it's good, actually. She thinks the drawings are weird. The subject matter is depressing. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it. But she decided to dive in. So when her daughter got home from school, she surprised her by saying, Guess what Victor did when he was ice skating? Can you believe it? You know, she was referring to some show. Well, the daughter was so happy that the mom acted like she liked it that she just opened up more and more. She started talking about school. And before, she had been kind of closed up about talking. So as she continued to share this interest with her daughter, she actually looked on YouTube you know how YouTube has how to do anything, and it's YouTube how to draw anime. So now in instead of sitting in front of a screen, they draw anime together, and it really helps her daughter to open up and tell her things. So I just thought this was a fun example to show you that as we have interest in anything that our kids might like, they truly can open up to us. So that's number three. Be interested in your child's interests. Number four, be their greatest cheerleader and biggest fan. I truly believe that extracurricular activities are vital for your children's growth, their mental health, their self-esteem. Okay, get your child in whatever wholesome 
recreational activity you can think of, anything that they might have an interest in, spark it up and get them into it. So that does not mean Fortnite tournaments, okay? And if they have an injury, like one of my clients was telling me about, who she's really worried about her stepson, get creative. Put them in music lessons, art, cooking, drama, whatever you can do to find something they love so that they have time to let go. They have time to release. Releasing our emotions in some sort of way is so, so vital. And also something that they have to look forward to. Sometimes just going to school and getting homework is not enough, I can assure you. Then you do everything possible to be there. Be there for them, cheering them along. And if you can communicate with your ex to be there as well, kudos for you, even double. If you cannot, then you just worry about what you are doing and you be there at their functions as much as humanly possible. So again, that was number four, be their greatest cheerleader and biggest fan. Now, number five is wait to date. Now, if I was Dr. Laura, guess what I'd say to you? And you're not going to want to hear it. (laughs) If you have children who are minors, don't date until they are 18. The funny thing about this is I remember hearing this when I was a teenager and it has stuck with me through the years. At first I thought, oh my gosh, how harsh. My gosh, how could she tell them never to date until their kids are 18? I mean, that's like a death sentence kind of. Then I started thinking, I think she has something to it. And let me read a little bit more about it. So there is a letter to Dr. Laura from a woman named Laura that says, Here is the best advice I ever received when divorcing 12 years ago, when my two boys were one and three years old. Don't date. They already are down one parent. The revolving door of significant others just exasperates their sense of loss in relationships, which will affect how they choose their potential mates in the future. Then I looked at my soon-to-be ex-stepdaughter, age 10, and realized that she had had six-plus adults in her life between her parents' love lives. I don't date. My boys are not at risk for abuse of any kind, and they have no drama. Now, that is kind of the extreme side, but I completely understand her reasons for saying that and people's reasons for doing it. Now, my thoughts are a little bit in the middle. I believe that we are still individuals. We have certain needs. We want to be loved and we want to love. And the uh, romantic side of things, that helps us to grow and to flourish. And a lot of times it helps our children to see the healthy relationship. So my advice is just to be cognizant of your child's adjustment, period, by not bringing anyone new into the picture yet. And then once you feel like you and your children are healthily adjusted, proceed dating and introducing the children to those you date with caution. So what does that mean? Don't introduce them to anybody unless you are completely serious. I'm serious. (laughs) That might sound harsh too. You might want to bring people around and say, oh, they're just mommy's friend. 
this or that. Well, the kids, as they grow older and older, they understand. And when they're young, they see mommy having tons of friends and know something's going on that's unstable and not right. So please don't introduce them unless you are super serious moving in that direction. Okay, as always, folks, I love talking to you. I hope you have gained something from these five steps. Let me tell them to you one more time. Number one, routine. Number two, pursue, pursue, pursue. Number three, be interested in your child's interests. Number four, be their greatest cheerleader and biggest fan. And number five, wait to date. Okay, I hope you had a wonderful time listening. I am super excited for the next podcast, so stay tuned because it will be regarding children again, but more about what the effects of divorce can do on children and how to handle specific situations. I will be talking with my friend who is a seasoned psychiatrist. He is one of the best, so you don't want to miss the next podcast. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful day. Make it great. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day. 